With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of Be Shave Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, coming to you on Sunday, May 23rd, after the Cardinals drop a tough one. The rubber game against the Chicago Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball, 2-1 in 10 innings. As the Cardinals squander another absolute gem by Adam Wainwright. They did it once earlier this season when he pitched the complete game in a losing effort. And tonight he didn't go the distance, but he was just as sharp as you've ever seen him. Eight innings, one hit, one walk, no runs. Seven strikeouts for Adam Wainwright. He was exceptional and talked after the game about the fact that he found his curveball back. It's the pitch that's always been there for him. He kind of lost it in that last outing against San Diego last weekend. The pitch that always tends to be there for him, somehow it just wasn't in that game against the Padres, and he had a rough outing, saw his ERA spike back up into the fours, and made it his goal to put that start behind him, flush it down the drain, and come back strong this Sunday on Sunday Night Baseball against the Cubs. And he did exactly that. The curveball was sharp once again. All of his pitches were working. Location. It was a little bit of a, a pitcher-friendly strike zone. David Ross, the Cubs manager, got ejected pretty early in this game for barking from the dugout. And then he came out and, of course, got his money's worth. But... Wainwright was able to utilize the zone, take advantage of, you know, the, the the game that the umpire was calling. And, you know, in a situation like that, a crafty veteran like Wainwright, he's going to be able to fully maximize uh, the zone an umpire gives him. And, you know, he talked about that after the game was asked. Yeah, that's absolutely something that is baked into your 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 outing, your start as you go along, that you're working to to pitch the game to the, the specifications of what the umpire's given you. And tonight he was given plenty, and it was comfortable for Wainwright in the zone. Wainwright did not allow a Cub to reach second base against him, mentioned just the single and a walk, scattered those in separate innings, and after giving up the base runner each time, got the next couple of guys out to make sure that there was no damage done against him. So absolutely sterling outing by Wainwright. Mentioned nobody reaching second base. The Cubs didn't get a base runner on second until the 10th inning. And you know how that came to be. They they got it automatically because that is baseball in 2021 with the automatic runner on second to start extra innings rule that was instituted last season and carried over to this year. I am not a fan of it, but in this case, it's hard to argue necessarily that it made the ultimate difference. I think you could definitely have a conversation about its impact, but fact of the matter is, two runs ultimately scored against Alex Reyes in the 10th inning. His first real blip of the season comes tonight. A home run against Javi Baez goes to the batter's eye in center field, otherwise known as Freeze's lawn, for a two-run shot. Only one of the two runs on Reyes was earned, 
but ultimately he is still tagged with the loss, falling to 2-1 and one on the season. His ERA climbs from about .43, I believe it was, to .72, still below 1. Had two strikeouts in the inning that he pitched. Gave up a couple of walks, though. It was a, a little bit of a, a dangerous scenario even after the home run was given up, but ultimately was able to escape at that point. Cardinals in the bottom half, they get their runner across that started on second base. It was Paul Goldschmidt. Sacrifice fly by Nolan Arenado to score him after a wild pitch. But Cardinals couldn't get anything thereafter, and, and they end up making Reyes a bit of a hard luck loser. Uh, and Wainwright, to be sure, a hard luck, no decision into play for him. Gallegos had an inning of relief in the ninth. Could have maybe stuck with Wainwright in that scoreless game, but to me that was an okay decision to go to Gallegos. Wainwright was up, I believe, over 100 pitches. He finishes the day at 101, 65 strikes. So at that point, there's really no reason. And again, this same similar scenario happened just a few weeks ago, and they left Wainwright in. I believe, though, that time it was a one nothing game, and it was they were on the downside at that point, and so he gives up the second run in the ninth to get the complete game. I didn't mind that decision, and even after it happened, I didn't mind the decision to keep Wainwright in that game, one nothing, which then turned into 2 nothing. The Cardinals didn't appear at that time like they were going to do much scoring. Of course, they did go on to score a run in the bottom of the ninth of that game, and so you can question the decision in retrospect, but I think I was comfortable with it. I know some people criticized it. I was cool with it. I thought it made sense to leave Wainwright in in that spot. In this situation, as it happened, when they were announcing Gallegos was entering the game in the ninth, I said, you know what, that makes sense. I don't think you needed to push Wainwright in this spot. Even if he does get through the ninth inning, that's not going to be a complete game because the Cardinals are not scoring tonight either until you can give him a runner on second base. And, you know, they, they could have. The opportunities were there to score. And that's really the story of the game to me. Outside of, you know, you can compartmentalize. Wainwright, exceptional. Next topic, Cardinals offense, stranding runners, having multiple situations where they should have scored, making him into a winner, and they did not convert. One of those such situations was in the fourth inning. And Harrison Bader, I think this, was, this wasn't the most egregious circumstance of the game, but it was one of what I consider two prime opportunities for the Cardinals to have come across with at least one run in regulation in the first nine innings, and they didn't do it. Harrison Bader leads off the inning with a double that, I don't know if it skipped off the bag and took a funny hop, the third base bag, or, or just kind of jumped over the bag. But he got it inside the line with his speed, gets to second. Awesome, you've got something cooking. Justin Williams hits a ball that, you know, shallow right center field, three fielders converging on it sort of deal. And Harrison Bader gets caught too far off of second base. He's trying to see if that ball's going to drop in. If it does... He's got it in his mind that he wants to score, understandably so. But the problem is it doesn't drop in. The ball is caught, and Bader is caught as well, too far off second base, in a spot that you just can't be in that situation. And, you know, we didn't get any position players tonight for the uh, post-game Zoom. It was just Wainwright and Mike Schilt uh, that we spoke to as the media. Quick Zoom sessions tonight when you consider uh, the team boarding a bus and then a plane heading to Chicago for the series against the White Sox beginning tomorrow, so Monday, I should say Monday, because you may be listening to this podcast on Monday. I would be sincerely surprised if you listen to it on Sunday, considering it will probably be Monday before I get it posted. But nevertheless, 
quick zoom, and we didn't get to talk to Bader, but I would be interested to hear his perspective on what he saw there. Obviously, he's trying to be aggressive, and we, we chalk up these errors in, in the past, talking about Cardinals base running issues. We've often, you know, the team in particular, would chalk it up as aggression that just, you know, didn't work out. I would say you've got to be aggressive in, in, in a more smart fashion, in a more sensible fashion in that spot, because... First of all, Invader's got speed. There's no question about that. But if that ball somehow does drop into no man's land, from where Bader was, I still don't think he gets home. I think he gets thrown out of the plate if he tries it. Maybe you have a a bad throw, something like that, and allows a guy to score. But I would say if you ran a simulation and pretend that ball does drop in and Bader gets a good jump because he he was watching it and ready to go, I still don't know that he scores, you know, maybe three times out of ten he scores. I just don't think I just don't think it was gonna you know this where where everything was taking place on the field I question whether he even would have been able to score so obviously you're trying to be aggressive and that's great but if it's a situation where you know it's it's maybe questionable like say you do turn the Jets on is he even going home I don't know for sure that he is you, you know even if he does though you've got to know the situation and know that first of all there's nobody out. Like, you don't want to get doubled off a second base in that way, no matter how many outs there are. But it's early in an inning. You don't have to do it all right now. Take what they give you. And in that situation, he was caught, like, not even quite halfway, but obviously he was far enough off the base that even with his speed, he's not able to get back to the bag. And it wasn't even really, like, a close play. Relative to how much space there is on these kind of plays, you'd expect somebody getting double off in that spot, it's going to be bang-bang. It really wasn't even quite bang-bang. It was He was out. And you just can't be caught in that situation. And that hurts the Cardinals ultimately because that's a run that scores. Edmundo Sosa, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Alex Reyes home run with Baez here in a minute, and so I have to be fair and, and allude to both sides of the coin. But if you want to talk about the butterfly effect, not necessarily guaranteed that Edmundo Sosa hits a double into right field, if Harrison Bader was still standing on second base, the pitcher's going to pitch him differently, etc., etc. But you feel like with the runner on second base there and the way Edmundo Sosa has been swinging the bat, it's a decent chance you get that guy home to score. And so the double by Sosa, now you've got a runner in scoring position. Lane Thomas walks, but then the pitcher's up and Cardinals ultimately not able to get anything done in that inning as Adam Wainwright strikes out, which, you know, understandable. The pitcher's up and... Wainwright has talked about his, his offensive season not being quite where he wants it to be. And so because, as Harrison Bader, you're the second out, Wainwright becomes the third. You don't get the chance to turn it over to the top of the order. And that's all she wrote for that inning. The biggest threat, though, and the one that you can really chalk this loss up to for the Cardinals, even more so than the mistakes of the fourth inning, is the seventh inning when the Cardinals get Ibunda Sosa on with an infield hit. Lane Thomas drawing another walk. And he was starting for Dylan Carlson, who was Mike, Mike Schultz said was available under emergency circumstances today. I don't really know what that even would have entailed to get him in a game because you had a spot where Matt Carpenter batted against a lefty in the ninth inning, and you could have gone with Carlson there if he were available, if he were healthy enough to play. But was scratched from Saturday's game with a back issue, didn't play today, would not be surprised to see him on the injured list. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what the Cardinals end up doing roster-wise on Monday. But in that situation, you got your number seven and number eight batter on base, nobody out, Wainwright coming up, 
He's been pitching well, so they're going to leave him into bat for himself. A little bit of intrigue with the way the Cubs infield was trying to approach it, knowing the, the sack bunt was probably the play there. Wainwright actually swung at the first pitch, said he was basically deked by the infield in the play that they had set up. He, he thought he would have had an opportunity to kind of punch one through a, a pretty open gap, and so he decided to swing, even though obviously he was going up there to, to bunt. And so didn't get it down on that play because he didn't attempt to. Eventually gets a bunt down. They go to third. Ryan Tapera, and the throw is wide. Everybody's safe. So now you've got bases loaded, nobody out. And that's just a spot where the Cardinals need to score. You've got one, two, three, two coming up in your lineup. Edmund, Goldschmidt, Arenado. And that's a tough spot to not come up with anything. In any game, but especially in a game where Wainwright looked as darn good as he did, you've got to get that guy a run. you know. And then maybe he does get a chance to go out and finish the complete game if you've got a lead for him, but... In a nothing-nothing game, you know, that, that they went the way they went. I, you know, tough going for Paul Goldschmidt right now. He, he looks like he's expanding the zone a little bit, not himself at the plate, and hasn't had a good season, I mean, overall offensively. 703 OPS is definitely below uh, his career norms and his expectations for himself and, and what Cardinals fans and, and Diamondbacks fans before them uh, came to expect from Paul Goldschmidt. 0 for 4 tonight. Uh, does draw a walk and scores the run. Uh, the run was not because of the walk. It was un- unrelated. He he was placed on base for free in the 10th inning, scoring on the sack fly. Five left on base, though, for Goldsmith, who moved back to the two-hole with Carlson being out. And Arenado, one for four, uh, drove in the run, obviously, with the sack fly, but he struck out in that key spot in the seventh. That really could have been a difference-making situation for the Cardinals. So, Really tough to see the offense kind of sputter the way it does tonight. 25 men left on base in total. I mean, up and down the lineup, you saw examples of it. Cardinals scattered their hits. Two for four day for Sosa. Solid from him. And then just a single apiece from Edmund Arenado, Bader, and Justin Williams. Got to get it done. You've got to be able to back Adam Wainwright. I mean, you look at all the runs they give Jack Flaherty. You know, and he's deserving of the run support. But Wainwright, when he's pitching like this, is deserving as well and didn't get it. So it's a disappointing way to go down. And it's the continuation of a trend we've talked about with this Cardinals team not being able to close down rubber games. Uh, I believe they did get off the schneid once earlier this season, but I think they've only got one win in a rubber game still in 2021. Tonight, a loss, a loss to the Cubs, division rival, and maybe a team that's creeping into the conversation as far as uh, contending for the division, now just two games back of St. Louis after taking two or three from the Cardinals here at Bush over the weekend. Cardinals will see the Cubs again, I believe, June 10th, 11th. That range, it's it's uh, coming up within the next few weeks. But that's going to be at Wrigley, and that's going to be a heck of an interesting series as things continue to open up. I'm sure capacity will be expanded up at, at Wrigley Field for that series as well. Looks like on a quick search, at least 60% as of May 28th for Wrigley Field. So it'll be a a rockin' house, regardless of whether they expand even beyond that before the series takes place. But while we're on the subject, that is kind of something I wanted to touch on in general. Yes, the Cardinals do lose two of three this weekend. You know, you lose to the Cubs, you never like doing that. But otherwise, I think there's a lot to be excited about from this weekend in Cardinals baseball. Just for the mere fact that you had 20-something thousand fans at each game at Bush. Cardinals fans, Cubs fans, the rivalry was, I mean, it was lit. (laughs) It was really cool to see. 
Saturday, we didn't do a podcast. I didn't go to that game. Obviously, I, I really know how to pick a day off because that was the uh, the game Yadier Molina hits the home run. The uh, the Cardinals fans get engaged on the big screen, and Yadier talk about after the game basically said, yeah, I was I was kind of invested in that. You know, before his at-bat, he was watching and said, I, I hope I hope she said yes because poor guy if she said no. But did say yes, and it was a great celebration on Saturday. The Cardinals able to get the middle game of the three-game series. But in general, somebody that I wanted the perspective from on this Cardinals-Cubs rivalry and return to normalcy was Cardinals starter on Sunday night, Adam Wainwright. Pitched in this rivalry for a long time. It's a very unique element when you see Cardinals fans, Cubs fans, many of them friends with one another, family, you know, the, the Southern Illinois is, is Cardinals country, but as you work your way north, it, it suddenly becomes, on I-55, it, it becomes Cubs territory really quickly, but a lot of the families in, in these two neighboring fan bases, sometimes you see it split right down the middle. It can be really interesting uh, the, the way it all breaks down, and so that's why you see such a great eclectic mix of fans at both stadiums, whether it's Wrigley, whether it's Bush, you're going to get fans that travel and it makes for a really, really unique environment. So I wanted to ask Adam Wainwright in general about that tonight. And so I wanted to play that clip for you to get the perspective from him on what it was like to not only pitch again in the Cardinals-Cubs rivalry at Bush, which Cubs didn't come to Bush last year. After the Cardinals' COVID delay, skipped a couple of those games that would have happened at, at Bush. I, I think it was only three anyway that were scheduled because of the way the COVID schedule shook out, most of their games would have been at Wrigley as it was, and then they didn't get to play them at Bush because of the, the COVID outbreak, and so they ended up just playing those games at Wrigley with the Cardinals serving as the home team for the games that would have been at Bush. So they didn't even play here last year. Had they done so anyway, it wouldn't have been with fans in attendance. So wanted to hear from Wayno on what it was like to, to pitch again in this environment in something that had felt so normal for so long, and then was merely one thing in a long list of items that was taken away in 2020. So here was that back and forth with Adam. We know you've been a part of this Cardinals-Cubs rivalry for a long time. Just what was your, your emotions and what it felt like tonight to have this rivalry back at Bush Stadium and to have it with just continued expanded capacity where you're pitching in front of the biggest crowd you've, you've pitched in, in a while? Yeah, that – was so much better pitching in front of a crowd. It really was. Um, you know, when you get used to that 30, 40, 50,000 people strong supporting you, and then you just go kind of cold turkey on it, and then you can hear the birds chirping, it's a, you got to really pump yourself up to, to find that same adrenaline. And, and I'll just be honest, you can't get that adrenaline without them there. You know, you can, you can talk yourself into, a certain point, but there's a, there's an extra layer there that, that our fans give us that we can't get on our own. So that was great to pitch in front of them. It felt packed, you know, I mean, I'm sure it'll feel more packed in a couple of days when we're in June, when they expand completely, but it felt like there was a hundred thousand people there, you know, to us. So they, they did a great job. They were there supporting us loud and on their feet a lot and you can just always tell they're they're in on every pitch our, our fans are the greatest we're just so lucky to have them and that was adam wainwright talking about the environment for cards cubs this weekend and it really did he talked about how it felt packed at the stadium and there's obviously you look out and you see a lot of empty seats but in the big moments it felt like baseball again like it felt like cardinals cubs 
both sides roaring like that's what's so crazy about this rivalry if you're not paying close enough attention to, to what's going on you might not know based on just the crowd reaction what happened because it could just as easily be a good thing for the Cubs that occurs or it could be something big for the Cardinals like there are more Cardinals fans there but it's enough of the the road contingent that it makes like I said it made for a really interesting environment and so if nothing else if you're a Cardinal fan, Cub fan, if you're a Cub fan, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But if you're a Cardinal fan who happened to be down at the ballpark, got to one of the games this weekend, even if it was one of the losing efforts, like the two that I that I covered, I, I hope that you you came away just as enthused as I did, and certainly as the Cardinals players did, as we've heard about throughout the weekend, uh, just about the the environment and the fact that you know we're, we're that much more close to what it looks like to return to the, the normalcy of baseball in the summer in St. Louis. It's awesome to to have it back. Listen, ever since July 25th or whatever opening day was, fake opening day in 2020, I, I you know, I was grateful to have it back because it's a big part of what I do and a lot of people I felt the same way even if it's not for your for your job or your livelihood it's it's a huge part of your identity in St. Louis to to be a Cardinals fan and I think you know there's there's nothing better it's it's a great it's a great thing that St. Louis has the Cardinals and the relationship with the the city and the area and you know the history and everything that goes into it it's it's why you guys are listening to a Cardinals podcast it's why you you tune in to watch or, or listen to the games every day but you know it's just the reality having it last year once it did come back as good as it was and as grateful as we were to, you know, have that after months. I mean, it was weird, you know, April, May, June, and most of July last year was strange. So getting it back was, was big to get that step toward normal after and, and amid COVID because in COVID not necessarily over yet, but it was definitely still going strong at that point in time. So to get baseball back was like one little check check mark off the list. But now I think really the, the signs returning to nearly full stadiums. I know it's only about half full so far, but it, it's it's enough to, to really make you to feel like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is what it's supposed to look like. Really glad to be back in this situation and hopefully o- only more to come from there. I don't think that June 14th against the Miami Marlins is going to be this big, great celebration that, that people maybe expect the first game with full capacity because, well, you're playing the Marlins on a, on a Monday. I don't. I think it's a Monday when they when they will expand to 100% capacity. And you know, I I just I'm pretty sure, like I mentioned on the podcast a couple of days ago, I do believe that the Tuesday Wednesday games against the Pirates also had expanded capacity. I could maybe I'm wrong about that though because it was a 10,000 person jump, and so I, I could be off on that. But we'll see what it looks like. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, I don't know if it's going to be sellout crowd on that June 14th, but. Once you get to that first weekend series, that's certainly going to be you won't you won't find an empty seat at Bush Stadium. I can guarantee you that. So excited for that to come! It's just a few weeks away. Cardinals now hit the road as they're on a little bit of an extended road trip between now and Memorial Day, and then they'll come back on the other side once we're into June. So it'll be June before the Cardinals are back at Bush as they hit the road beginning Monday for a ten-game trip facing the Chicago White Sox, Arizona Diamondbacks, and then Albert Pujols and the Los Angeles. Dodgers over the next 10 so still in this stretch of a lot of games a lot of days not having any off days in between Cardinals gonna have to try to to, to grind through this road trip if you can come away with it and, and kind of tread water sometimes when you go to the west coast it can be it can be tricky and that White Sox team you're gonna face 
uh, is definitely one that you expect to be in contention this season. You've got the Tony La Russa angle. The Cardinals may be gone from Bush, but we won't be gone from B-Shaped Daily. We'll enjoy getting some podcasts rolling this week as the Cardinals take on the White Sox and then the D-backs later in the week. So appreciate you guys for listening, sticking with the show. Glad to be doing it with you. And make sure if, you, if you're listening for the first time for whatever reason or if you've been an infrequent listener, go ahead and subscribe so that way you're, you're up to date whenever we get a new episode out and you can keep up with all things Be Shafe Daily. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts are great places to find us. Subscribe to all of them, why don't you? That's what I say. Follow me on Twitter as well, at bshafer 12 and drop me any questions or comments you have about the show, about the Cardinals, anything you'd like to see me discuss. And always make sure to check out camov.com slash sports to check up to make sure you haven't missed any of my latest articles writing about the Cardinals there. Appreciate you guys. As always, we will talk to you on Monday night after the Cardinals take on Tony La Russa and the White Sox. Until next time, this has been Be Shave Daily.